Welcome to another dreaded episode of Digital Syphilis. This is your host and Captain Robert Golden. Uh, Join me as we traverse this perverse universe that we call reality slash society. Because remember, there's no vaccine for the obscene. Well, today, I I, want to... Name this episode the mixed nuts episode, right? You know, this is this is going to be a convocate, if that's the correct term, of uh, ideas predicated around race. You know, because race is always a hot button topic. You know, um, but at the same time, it's something I really didn't care for. Um, very seldom do you hear me refer to racism uh, very seldom do you see me uh, refer to someone by the, their quote-unquote race and then you know yeah this is very seldom do you hear me do that but at the same time as a comic and uh, a practitioner of comedy what I do enjoy are stereotypes uh, because America is predicated and run off of stereotypes in terms of classification of people. And uh, many uh, folks will say, oh, no, man, you can't, you can't, you can't just talk about stereotypes like that because you're generalizing. But, I mean, if something is being repeated over and over again, uh, I bet a dime against a dollar that there has to be some form of truth to it or else it wouldn't stick. You know, prime example, uh, yesterday, I had to, you know, do some soul searching and just kind of come to the conclusion that uh, fried chicken is a thing for me. I'm sorry, it's a brother fried chicken thing for me. Fried chicken for me is what spinach is to Popeye. I don't know why um, I had some leftover uh, fried chicken um, waiting for me for breakfast yesterday and I decided to do my little workout lasted three hours and I was pumped up and full of energy so that's something special about fried chicken so when people look at me and say quote-unquote black people and fried chicken I say God bless you because you're telling the damn truth that and watermelon peach cobbler you name it you know it, it is what it is you know and there's nothing to be ashamed of it because the second you show shame is when you show weakness and then they take advantage of you and they sway you and move you whatever way you want to. I mean, you don't see Mexicans ducking beans and rice. Um, yeah, you, you don't see, um, you know, Chinese ducking whatever the fuck they eat, you know. <laughs> you don't see Indians ducking curry. You say curry, they're like, you damn straight. See, and see... Yeah, it's, it's, I'm just saying, this is, is no roti, yeah, all, all that, yeah, this is, I'm, see, 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 this goes back to this digital syphilis, see, there's a sickness within my people, because on one notion, we are in love with the slave narrative, and all the pain and strife, right, but then on the other hand, you know, we want to be ducking, become, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, indignant, 
in regards to such things as fried chicken and watermelon but we would definitely uh, embrace lynchings and castrations and see there's a sickness there <laughs> That, that, it, it just it just it just leaves me befuddled you know this is yeah so this mixed the nuts episode is it's definitely going to um, cover a lot of different bases so so you know like I, I like to get personal with things at least for this so that people can kind of grasp uh, where where a lot of my perspectives and opinions come from because disclaimer this this is just my opinion it's my perspective is it's, it's not canon you know if you agree good if you don't still good uh, so I grew up in little old Grambling Louisiana center of uh, all things black educational and and yeah it, it was it was it, it was popping when I was growing up, you know, like even back in 1990, this little bitty school managed to get Ice Cube and no, it was a 91, I think it was 91, I yeah, they had Ice Cube and MC Hammer show up at the same time, yeah, this is, yeah, this is little old bitty Grambling, Grambling State University, the first halftime show at the Super Bowl was the Grambling State marching band, the band used to travel all over the world over in Tokyo Japan just to play music and nothing else you know even now you know you're the Pasadena you know with the with the with, with the March of Roses parade Grambling is a staple there you know and also when it when it comes to football which is Grambling's most known for um, you have coach Eddie G Robinson uh, he was at one time the most winningest football coach in college football history after Joe Paterno's wins were vacated after the uh, Jerry Sandusky scandal but then once it came the, but then once they finished uh, the knee-jerk reaction to just the reality of uh, pederasty and pro sports and how just weirdos are attracted to uh, young men full of vigor you know this is all it is this is it's a sad reality you know and i might i might even broach that too one day just it's just sick yeah but joe paterno's wins were given back so eddie robinson was number two then bobby bowden uh, from florida state he overtook i think the mantle is the most winningest so now eddie g robinson is number three and up until probably about 96 97 no other university um had sent more Athletes to the NFL, uh, Grambling State, other than Notre Dame, I believe. Yeah, so it's a lot of rich history. There, a lot of things to be proud of. Um, and Grambling was is just kind of tucked away, you know, in Louisiana, and you know, it 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 was segregated, and I didn't even know it. You know, it was, it was all black everything, police station. Uh, City Hall, black businesses, photoshops, insurance companies, movie theaters, uh, video, it, everything you needed short of a grocery store was present in Grambling, Louisiana. So with that being said, um, outside of television, I didn't see white people very often uh, up until, uh, let's see, when 
when I moved to Texas at 13, that's when I was introduced to being around white people on a regular basis. Um, and before that, my sister, who was uh, my primary caretaker at that time, a uh, couple years prior, a year prior, she had a foster daughter who was a Caucasian young lady. So, so yeah, um, that was like probably my first introduction of being around white people and smelling them and all. Yeah, all, 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 all that different stuff. You know, it's just because at the end of the day, there's still an animalistic nature about us where we like to smell people, you know, so we can identify, you know, our, our surroundings through our five senses. So there's nothing weird about that. Uh, so with that being said, I only saw racism in movies, you know, like A Time to Kill and Mississippi Burning and all kind of shit like that. But in terms of experiencing it firsthand, I, I it's, it did not happen. My first dose of actual racism, uh, yeah, it was actually in Irving, Texas when I was about, what, 13? Maybe 14. My birthday's in March, so it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I was, I, I was 14 and I was in the lunch line. I was walking by and some little beanpole, scrunny ass, little red faced white boy, uh, he comes up and he says, nigger. And I'm just like, ha 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 that's funny. That doesn't hurt because I don't even know what, where, where you're coming from with this. The, you know, and what that did was that put him in the headspace to where now he was the nigger for calling me a nigger because now he feels stupid. See, yeah, see, when people do things to try and get a rise out of you because they think that you are vulnerable and then, you know, you do a little psychosocial judo and flip it and then now they're in this headspace to where all the things that they were trying to dump off on you have not fallen on their head, right? So, so that's where I stand with quote-unquote racism is, is I was never traumatized by it. Even when they tried to show me roots as a kid, I was like, what the, what the hell is this? Turn this off. Because I felt more offended that, um, that we had this series that was held and heralded it as this, this, this marvel of, of, of cinematography, cinematic, any damn thing. And it was just a whole bunch of niggas picking cotton and yes, sir, no, sir. In my mind, I thought this was the most offensive shit I had ever seen <laughs> as a kid. But, you know, we praised it. So, I mean, that's, that's you know, Amistad and all of this. I mean, I watched it and it never resonated with me because I found it more demeaning than, than inspirational because I was so far removed from it even though my uh, great-grandmother lived to be 107 and she was telling me about the sharecropping things, right? Um, and she looked at me and she was like, yeah, y'all sure got it good. Don't you ever try to think back and live on that. It was terrible. And I'm like, all right, yeah, so just keep it pushing, you know? Let's establish something, something, something new, you know? Or not something new, but something better moving forward uh, because he who is beholden to his past shall eventually be destroyed by it, right? And that's the sickness that afflicts my people today. We are destroyed by the past because we keep trying to live in it. Uh, whether it's Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or Stokely Carmichael, you know, all, all that civil rights era 
uh, nonsense. Uh, it, that was a loss, right? And then we are romanticizing about the loss as if these 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 characters who were influential for their time still produced an L in the situation that we are now living in and we won't let it go, you know? Many people may not agree with this and they said they're... I don't care, you know, because it's my perspective, it's my podcast. If you don't like it, just turn it off. Um, yeah, so so now since you have a some somewhat of a three dimensional take on my view on racism as the convention of American society, right? So now we're going to have to deconstruct the term race, right? Um, but before that, I just want to let you know. Anybody that uh, uses their talking points or, or their outlook on life based off of race, you, my friend, are a racist. Yes, you are racist. There's no difference than if you put a brush and paint and, and stroke a canvas or wall, you are now a painter. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's or if you are dribbling in an organized basketball game, regardless if you're pro or not, you are in that moment a basketball player, right? You know, so so you know this is whether you're good or bad is irrelevant because once you're in that arena, then you are subject to to those confines, you know. So be careful of the boxes that you put yourself in, right? Because like my father told me, he said, son, no matter how you feel or how you think, if you want to go out and kick ass, then you got to bring some ass with you because there's a chance that you're going to get your ass kicked too. See? <laughs> right, so, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is the view on race, right? So, so, so let's get down to race, right? Race just means seed right seed seed as in um you know the seed the seed line like in boxing you know you have the the current champion right who wields the belt and then you also have the lineal champion right and the lineal champion is is the it is the line of champions that actually beat the champion because belts get vacated and whatnot but but when you chase it all the way down, like in heavyweight boxing right now, Tyson Fury is not only one of the heavyweight champions, but he's also the lineal champion because he was the man who beat um, Klitschko, who was who, who who was a lineal champion, right? You know, you see you see how it how things move, right? So. When we say race, we are referring to seed, and what we're looking at is the lineage, right? The lineage, the blood behind it. It has nothing to do with, uh, I wouldn't say it has nothing to do, because the phenotypes are, are um, secondary, right? But the primary is the blood, right? Because, because for instance, uh, if you look at tribes, right? Tribes, tribes generally tend to share similar phenotypes right but they have different bloodlines right different seed lines so so when they have their spats of disputes right that's actual 
racism, but what they do is they try to call it tribalism, right? But but you know that seed that seedism was a seed line. For instance, um, I know of a person who is uh, biracial, which is half uh, so-called black from America and half Nigerian, right? So you look at them, just say, "Oh no, that's quote unquote black." See what that is? That is that that is not correct because what you're doing is you are now conflating things, right? Because this person is half Nigerian and half quote unquote American black, and that creates a fissure from from a cultural understanding, right? You see, you know. So I mean, it gets deeper than that because what we consider race in America. And now globally is more of a color, right? It's phenotypes, which is in line with corporate designations. You know, you have white, black, yellow, brown. You see, it it gets it gets to that point where now we're going to try to wash away the original concept of race being seed. You know, the seed line or the lineage or the lineage, right? And we're just going to put it in a box of just a color, right? Because colors have no language, colors have no country, colors, you know. I mean, yeah. See, and and then um, you know, it it it's what it and, and then what that entails now is that you are creating a new paradigm of conflict, right? That is that is now having people who normally would stand together, they are now um, being forced to 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 fight other people right in the sense of uh let me see let me see how can i say this uh, uh in terms of culture right they don't have their own little segments right so now they're fighting amongst themselves to show who is the most dominant uh aspect of a color Right, and then you know that that now leads to more strife. So now that these people are be, are going to begin to collapse onto themselves, fighting amongst each other because they're being put in a box, just predicated off of color and not their seed line. Right? You see, and and you know that's the sickness or the degeneracy of of modern society with the whole racial component, and then uh, for for me and you know my perspective you know or my um experiences um we had one no i'm sorry we, we had two mixed kids right growing growing up in my elementary school right we had two mixed kids right and these two kids were treated like gold um because they were half quote unquote black and half quote unquote white right they were treated like gold right and 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 we did this with unearned merit right it was just unearned they just show oh so and so is mixed so they have to be special right and then where it goes into another direction is the fact of um, when you uh, when you have a quote-unquote biracial person, you know, you know the two C lines, they just keep it simple as that, right? 
now by default they said oh well if it's half black half white then it's black you're black and i'm just like wait a minute it doesn't make sense because uh, this was brought to my attention by a good friend of mine uh, when i used to work for a hotel uh back in dallas uh it's an asian guy from pomona and what he said was he said robert right was like yeah how is somebody black if they're mixed if you mix you just mix you half this half that and i was like you know what you're right See, you know and and this is something that i find to be so interesting especially when you look at the convention of of miscegenation right miscegenation is just another term for interbreeding you know it's it's a mixing of the quote-unquote races right and then see these children catch the most flack right because because they don't have a rallying point uh like i'll give you an example right if what i deem to be probably in america the most difficult transition for a child to make being quote-unquote mixed is um when they have a white mother and a black father right this child catches the most hell and i'll tell you why because when you're dealing with the white mother and the black father right the quote-unquote black demographic is a pseudo matriarchy right so so the woman that's involved from this conception is not a black woman she is a white woman so therefore she is going to be singled out isolated right and then on the flip side this same this same woman right the same white woman in her circles right or you know in her culture or in her world she is now going to be viewed as tainted right as 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 damaged goods because she was seated see seated seated by a black man right so you end up with the white mother being rejected by her people and not being embraced right by the people that was the result of her being seated right and then this child is going to be thrust into that same situation because when it shows up for mother's day right everybody got a black mama except this person so so then it, it creates a, a, a fissure psychologically and then once we get to the black man right this black man right who is a part of a matriarchy rights and especially as degenerative as our pseudo matriarchal structure is he is not considered to be the prize within his own demographic and if you listen closely i say demographic when i'm referring to the black and culture when i prefer to everything else uh, just for the mere fact of black is not a place is not a language is yeah you see so i mean it's just it's just a demographic so when i hear things like black culture black community i just kind of shrug because i came from a quote-unquote black community you know where you know there were there were there was structure there was order there was form you know and then this 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 bs they got now no it's not no 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 i saw real black
Um, and that's where a lot of my pride comes from. But as I digress, uh, this black man is not considered to be the prize, right? He's not, he's not considered to be the leader. He's not considered to be anything other than a sperm donor by his own people. Right. And then this same black man is not going to be accepted into the Caucasian ranks because he is a black man and, and no man wants another man of another ethnicity or another race or seed line to come in and commandeer anything that his forefathers have established. I'm not going to say built in like I just said established, you know, so you see and, and then see that child is now going to be put in a situation to where it's hell and then they're going to have to go with the lesser of two evils by default so so they're going to say they're quote unquote black just to have some type of belonging but in actuality they are just in waiting until um the the caucasian aspect of their persona comes a calling and they're going to jump ship right so so for me um this is why i really don't agree with the one drop rule theory you know that that one drop of black blood makes you black and other people will say oh no because that's because the black genes are dominant did this and the third and i'm just like you are diluting yourself because you don't have pride enough to say hey um i want to keep my thing intact i, I, I want to keep it together right um yeah you see it, it, it's 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 it is it's very counterproductive it's very counterintuitive right so for me when i see the whole mixed aspect of it uh i believe that mixed people should be their own thing it's just plain and simple right because because what ends up happening is that when you're dealing with biracial people there's always this degree of overcompensation going from one extreme to the other until they figure out what's a comfortable spot and um you don't need anyone trying to figure out who they are on your watch right because you know once once again it's just a bag of mixed nuts you know i mean if i want peanuts or you know if something requires peanuts right i'm going to get a bag of peanuts i'm not going to get a bag of mixed nuts and then pick the peanuts out and then try to do it do it do it that way and then figure out what to do with the rest when i don't need it right i mean yes yeah, it sounds like i'm oversimplifying it but you know i just want to just put this thought in your mind right so that you can really understand see this is where that tragic mulatto paradigm comes from and you see it more more often than not you know and and, and um you know, like you can even look at celebrities, you know, like a Holly Berry or Mariah Carey or even that girl Doja Cat. You know, it's just that, you know, it's it's that it's that whole biracial thing that uh, that that really causes instability. And then you have so many people who are like my folks back home would say who who are color struck. Right. They're just color struck. They're just focused on the color. They could they could kill less by anything else except skin complexion, you know, and then when you look back. And you see why, because um, most of the quote unquote leaders of my people in recent history, probably over the past, what, 200 years or so, 100, 200, whatever, 
Um, you know, you have Frederick Douglass. He was a uh, biracial man, and that's you know he was put up as being super duper influential. You know, and then um, you know you have what what they call the paper bag rule, right? Where if someone is the same complexion as a paper bag or lighter, right? Then they are accepted. And then you look at uh, people such as Dr. King. Uh, he was he he was not a very dark man. Uh, uh, actually, Dr. King wanted to marry a white woman, but they said, no, you can't do that because it's going to jeopardize the movement. So that's why he got light, bright, damn the white Coretta Scott King. Right. It's just a little backstory. You know, and then you also have the Malcolm X's. He's he's also a guy who was a uh, very fair skinned, you know, and then he's always pushed and promoted and propagated. I mean, it is it's it's it. You cannot have even Barack Obama, right? You know, biracial again. You know, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it is, uh, it is a thing that they do that you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's just very destructive to our people. And then once you know, you kind of take it and move it and let you know, mixed people just be their own thing, right? Then you still maintain the purity of you know different uh, cultures, right? Because because now the seed line has been diverted from, and it leads to a lot of instability, right? And this, I mean, this is this is very controversial. You know, there are some people that I know that are, uh, you know, who are mixed of biracial, um, what am I looking for? And uh, and encounters, so to speak. But we've discussed it, and 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 they understand because that puts them in a weird place. You know, you you can even look at the girl. What's the what's her name? Amanda Seals. She's having a breakdown every five minutes because, once again, you know, she falls into that biracial category. And then what's even more stressing is that she is a first generation of you know African from yeah. See. Yeah, you know, so, so, you know, that, you know, that creates this weird, you know, dynamic. So, I mean, when I think of race, I think of race more so from a perspective of the seed and not the phenotype, right? And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with uh, mixing or miscegenation or whatever, but you have to take into consideration the repercussions that come that uh, comes from it right you know i mean you can you can you can you can you can love a person and you all can be i mean you all fit that's perfectly fine but you still have to take it to consideration like the good book says no good deed go goes unpunished so <laughs> you have to be prepared for what comes with it and you can't do it and then turn around and try to move the goalpost later just so that you can be secure in your own situation because these, because these color-struck people now, quote-unquote color-struck, uh, who, who, who are fascinated with the colors, now they are running with the theory that in the next 20 or 30 years, everybody is going to be olive-colored, you know, and, and, and then racism is going to end. And I'm just like... <sighs> and people who say these things are ashamed of their people they're ashamed of their culture 
they're ashamed of the lack of culture. I mean, there there is there is a deep sense of shame to where um you no longer want to compete and just say, you know what, everybody's a winner. Everyone gets a trophy. Everyone gets a ribbon. You know, that's sick. That is that is just really sick. I mean, and so then moving on to how I handle racism, or quote unquote racism now as um, an adult is even funnier because I the most racism I've experienced has actually been in Southern California. It is like a time warp. It's like the 1960s. They are so casual about this shit that it is borderline on hilarious. You know, they see big black man and they just, ah! they are either afraid or in awe. One of the two, you know, you can't just be a regular big black man in Southern California, you know, it's um, either the women are waiting to cry rape or they just got their legs gapped wide open. It's the funniest shit ever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, even in Texas, it, it was it, it was a it was a lot more tame, you know. But how I handle racism is I tend to stereotypes, and by tending by tending to stereotypes. What I do is I get the elephant out of the room before it even begins. Uh, it's like I can tell you an example. Um, and I was working for a hotel again, and you know the housekeepers are majority uh, Mexican, or you know just from uh, Latin America, pretty pretty much, right? And they were apprehensive about me because there are there is undertones of racism so what i did was i spoke what little bit of broken spanish that i do know and then they started laughing because they didn't think that you know that someone who looked like me would know a little spanish and then what i did was i was like ah yeah see you don't know the mayate new new spanish and they, were like, oh! and they stopped and they looked and they started like uh uh uh, uh put them on the spot and i'm like yeah you see this right so so i understand what your gripe is right and i'm here to let you know that that won't be an issue right uh, and and many people say wait what is that mayate is the equivalent to saying nigger in spanish right but if you are cognizant of the term mayate it's actually older than that it's not designed specifically for quote-unquote black people to be niggers it is um, a black beetle um that's in like mexico and south america that is you know a destructive pest that eats crops and all of that different stuff it's just so now when you understand the etymology right etymology is so important right so then now you take that and then you bring it back, right? So when they call you a mayate as a quote-unquote black person coming from someone who who is Mexican of Latin descent, right? What they what they are saying is that you are a destructive pest, right? And that's pretty much when they say niggas are sick. Yeah, yeah, destructive pests. So so now you're able to to get ahead of the conflict and divert it into a place to where after that i mean i was invited to 
birthday parties and cookouts and all of this different stuff and i didn't change my demeanor not one bit i just put it i, I just put it out there is to say i understand i know where you're coming from and i ain't about that bullshit that you have cooked up in your head right and and that's just how i feel that things should be handled right and it, it is no different than uh when you know i was kicking with the nigerians and they have a term that says akata right which is which is um specifically for american black people right yeah this is that that's their term so 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 these dark-skinned people across the water have a term nigger for dark-skinned people in america right so do you see how how the racism thing just twists and then you know you get ahead of it and you say hey i understand what your culture says but that shit ain't true when it come to me because it take a whole lot of people to make up this world and i ain't one of them and that's also something else that my father taught me right because i've seen my father interact with people of of all different ethnicities right with no trouble no problems i mean they spoke to him as if they've been friends for years right and he never shucked and jived and and buck danced and and you know and all of that stuff they consider to be quote-unquote coons and uncle toms right is he he handled himself as a man right and guess what the men respect the way the man handled himself because when you're delving into these terminologies that people use right then you also have to delve into their culture right you have to know their background right because you got two different types of races right you got the you know the the passive negligent races you know that's the one who tries to dance around race altogether and hope that it goes away and this person is no different than an overcautious driver um on a freeway right these these people cause the most accidents right instead of um just getting on the road and just doing the thing right is this anytime you're about to run into somebody it's usually some overcautious jackass in the prius tell me i'm lying up no. <laughs> and then um you have the other type of races right and this is the one that that runs into it with the full head of steam right to really to really drive it home that that i understand where you come from i understand your code maybe not completely but i have enough empathy and curiosity to know exactly where you stand and where you come from you know and what you take pride in right and then what that does is that puts you in a new stratosphere of interaction um i mean it did not matter whether it was caribbean um african uh, spanish uh hell, russian uh nepalese it did not matter because i would go and i would do my due diligence to try to meet the person where they are versus where they're supposed to be right and um and and that speaks volumes because now you all have a certain amount of distance to walk together versus them having to walk by themselves 
to reach that point and then throughout that walk you know there's where a lot of resentment comes from you know yeah so yeah this is it's it's i mean yeah this is just a mixed bag you know i just want to just kind of toss some things out there just so people can understand you know when they say about racial sensitivity and racial tolerance and this that and the third i mean like i hate the term tolerance because tolerance dictates that you are uncomfortable and you're just dealing with it right and then and then you know what that does is that broods even more animosity that broods even more um uh resentment enmity you know this is you have to deal with it versus understanding right and when it comes down to it from a racial understanding um even people who try to do the quote-unquote right thing still end up doing 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 the wrong thing like for instance uh when i was driving uber in houston texas right this uh this this mixed couple it was it was a white woman and a uh middle eastern guy right they they get in and unprompted uh unprovoked the guy just leans forward and he's like hey man it's like what can we do to help the black community I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was so offended and so perturbed. Uh, I, w I was not triggered, you know, but it, it, it's just very off-putting. And I was like, excuse me? Like, yeah, man, there's just so much going on, man. Like, what can we do to help? And I was like, stay out the way. And he was like, what? Don't, don't, don't do anything. Just keep doing what your people do. You people do what your people do and stop interfering. And then eventually, um, things will sort themselves out, you know, because the more you interfere, the least likely that my people are able to deal with one another on a day to day basis without making some bullshit comparison to somebody else who has nothing to do with nothing. You know, it is um no difference than than you know brothers is every every five minutes they got Jews coming coming out their mouth. Man, the Jews, man, the Jews, man, the Arabs, man. You know, you know, you know, you know the Chinese, man. You know, I'm just like, wait a minute, bro. Why are you worried about all these? These people are not worried about you, because you know why? Because they know you're stupid. Because the second that comes out of your mouth, they know you're stupid and subject to exploitation, right? So the best thing you can do is keep those people names out of their mouths because the more you put their names in your mouth, the more they put your resources in in their uh, pocketbook. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know this is fucked up and nobody wants to hear this, but it, <laughs> I don't care because because, you know, this is this is this is this is how destructive you know the racial component is um and its current state in in america because now people don't take pride in their culture for the most part you know it's only when it's convenient you know what i'm saying and and um that's where you know they get that whole positivity from everything's got to feel good i'm like well fuck it if you eat cheesecake every day just tell me Tell me what the doctor gonna say um, a year from now. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, it's it's you're sick. No, it's digital syphilis. Um, had plugged it in there. Yeah, it's it's is I, I don't I, I don't like I don't get it. You know, it, 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 it's because I'm not doing this uh, to come down on my people or 
uphold other people. What what I'm doing is I'm giving it to you how it was given to me, right? You know, it's just raw and straight. And I had to sit there and deal with the machinations. I think I think that's the right word. Yeah, the machinations um, for years, you know, just to process exactly what was given to me because for whatever reason, um, I was the kid that could uh, do no right. I mean, if everybody was fucking up and then I joined in, I would be the one to get chastised. I would be the whooping boy in just about every situation growing up, right? Because what I didn't know is that people expected more of me than they did of everyone else. And it, is, and, uh, it came to a head uh, in, in my collegiate years. There was a professor, his name was Hugh Wilson. Uh, he was head of the English department at Grand State University, and we were in the middle of class, and I was just doing my thing, you know, just, you know, being snarky, quitty, I mean, quippy, witty, you know, whatever. And he was like, Robert, now mind you that this was a brother, Robert, if you're going to be a leader, right, you have to step up and put your foot down. And I was like, wait, what? How come you're not talking to none of these other motherfuckers in here like that? You know, and... and <laughs> And I mean, that's just what, uh, so that's what I was faced with. So I'm not saying that I'm here to lead you, but what I'm saying is that this, or what I'm showing is that this is the world that you are living in when they take the kid gloves off, you know, when there is no buttress, you know, when the you know rubber meets the road, you know, this is, this is the world that we are living in. So, you know, this is kind of like my thing of, to where I don't want um, people to feel sorry for me or my people, and I don't want my people feeling sorry for themselves or asking anyone else for help, right? And I want us to 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 be able to interact based off of our own merits and contributions. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 um, not as um, divisive as you would think because um the way that things are now um and i was gonna say shit i forgot uh it's not divisive um uh, it's, uh, yeah it's it's what what they are doing now is not even divisive they say they say that that you know the country's more divided than it has ever been and it, no it's not divided it, it's it's now you've taken down the walls right you know there is actually less division now than there was during segregation or when or whenever right the walls have been taken down and now what you are doing is you are mi mixing chemicals you know it's it's like baking soda and vinegar you know and then yeah you get you you're getting all these different volatile reactions right see you see see you know this is this is this is where you know you start to really understand that 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 we are not divided we're too damn close together <laughs> Yeah, we're just all jumbled up in this one big ass science experiment with shit exploding, you know. And because if we were divided, then there would not be re there would not be reactions because everything would be in its own beaker or container, or whatever. And you know, we would be good, right? You know. So I mean, this is this is just 
for me in closing I just want to let you know that if you view race from the lens that is provided for you in America you are more than likely ignorant or ill-informed right and then and then you know there is no statute of limitations you know on being able to recover or recoup right so uh with that being said the key to responsible drinking is to put the condom on before you get drunk and when god made the universe he wrote post-dated checks for all things to come if you ever want to be anything start collecting the cash in oh yeah um and uh one last thing uh that that had that has slipped my mind um can we please stop dogpiling on the jews for x y and z because no one in this society at this time takes anything they are allowed to do so right so there's someone that is allowing the quote-unquote jews to do x y and z and they're just playing their part so don't hate the player hate the game remember that you know because my last name is golden right so so by seed line right i am quote-unquote jewish right and it's ever apparent because i've never met a jewish person uh by 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 modern standards a jewish person that has had any qualms or beef with me they were more intrigued than anything even being an uber driver just talking to three jewish guys on a 45 minute trip you know they tipped me 50 bucks because they were like oh wait he's different he's a quick one and i'm like yeah yeah and i told them my last name and they were like oh yeah so <laughs> so with that being said right um uh y'all be good uh, like share subscribe tell you tell your mama your friends start start talking that weird shit and you need something to to uh substantiate or bolster your argument uh you can take some of these concepts and you and and, and you all can have a dialectic you know a dialectical you know versus a debate because a debate you know is a winner and a loser and i'm not for anyone losing when when it comes to intellectual discourses right um because what a dialectic is is where you take the best sides of both arguments right and then you create a new discussion in the middle right you know and then you keep moving up that way you know iron sharp is iron you know we have to edify one one another instead of trying to drag the other person into our comfort zone of uh intellectual obscurity if you know what i mean but other than that man y'all be good god bless and